0: You are about to watch Pliru by Pastor Chumdi Ohahuna. As he brings to you a message from God's word, that will build you up and make you complete in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15 verse 8, Herein is my father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. You are about to we watch pray that as you watch Pastor this teaching you will receive the empowerment to bear much fruit you in a Christ from God's Word. Now listen will build you up and make you complete in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15, verse 8: Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. We pray that as you watch this teaching, you will receive the empowerment to bear much fruit in Christ. Now listen. Every
1: promised land comes with a fact. Are you getting me? Yes. Every promised land comes with a fight. Without a fight, you cannot take your possession. Now God told the children of the I've given you armor and sea for your possession. He says, Contend with them in battle and possess the land. So before I'm giving it to you, for you to have it, you've got to contend in battle. No promised land comes on the platter of gold. Every promised land comes on the platter of battle. It is how much you can fight that determines how much you can get. That's why Caleb, even at the age of 84, he went to meet Joshua. And he told him, I am four scores and four, which is what, 84. He said, and I still have the strength of a youth. He was 84 years old. And he said, I still have the strength of a youth. In other words, I have the strength of a 20-year-old man. And he said, Give me this thing, the mountains, that my father moved his promise to us. 84, he wasn't looking for facts. but 84, by, by rights, you should be resting. You should be you, should be, you, should be, you should be sitting down and your grandchildren surrounding your table. I have to be telling them bedtime. So I tell them, you know, when we were 20, we fought. Very 30, we really fought. I'll tell you the story of Jericho. You know, I and Joshua we went to find Jericho. By that time, you we are supposed to be telling them the stories of Jericho, I, the Amalekites, and everyone that, that was not what he was doing at before. At the before, he was looking for more fights. There were still some mountains to take. He had to take the mountains at eighty four. And when God says possess the land, the word possess in the original Hebrew. It's not as it were possess. When you say possess it, it just means to take. To, to but the word possess in the original Hebrew is the word dispossess. That means someone is possessing it. So you have to remove that person from that it. You have to dispossess it from the person. So there is no promised land without a fact. And there is no promised land without a dispossessing act. You must ready to dispossess the people taking your territory. And you get a name. Yes. Because in every territory, there are territorial demons. In every territory, there are territorial forces. In every territory, there are giants. So you must be ready to deal with the giants. For some of the giants, they may be killed. Some others, they may be given jobs to do. They may be cutters of wood. They may be fetchers of water. But at the end of the day, you have to fight a fight to possess your possession. It will not jump on your palm. You have to possess it. And so I came to understand that what I've been what I've been going through is because I'm in my promised land. Amen. Joshua had to keep fighting. He had to do a back-to-back fight. I think I will just read through. So we see the way he was fighting. If there was no break in the fight, I came back from there and I told mom, I said, man, I saw something in Joshua. I was in the drought when I was reading Joshua chapter 10. Because I've been reading this case, drag, right from Joshua chapter 1. When I'm a little free, I read. It was in Joshua chapter 6. I saw when the Lord said, and, uh, and, 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 and as they entered into the, into the land and they ate the dry corn, the manna seeds. And then I knew the Lord was telling me that the moment we start eating the dry corn in this land, we will not need to touch manna any longer. But after the dry corn, there is something, it is called the milk and honey. I know where we are in now, we have the dry corn. But there's something called the milk and honey, and we'll get there. But that's not the main thing here, i we're getting it tonight. And I began to read and I said, wow, this is the reason. Joshua had to go back to back fight as he's finishing one, he's entering another. As he's finishing one, he's entering another. It was a fight and fight and fight because for you to take your possession, you've got to fight like fight. You've got to fight like fight. You can't just take it like that. You can't just have it like that. The devil is going to fight you from all corners. Left, right, center, up, that will fight you. He will use, he will use, all believers, he will use Christians, he will use everybody to fight you. But if you are not ready to continue your fight, and so we must ready something, you are in a you are in a, a, a very sensitive environment. You are in a very you are, you are in a church with an assignment. The devil has been afraid of, of this ministry from inception, and he's still afraid. Are yes. you getting me? Yes, he's afraid of it anywhere it goes to. So you have to fight. The devil is going to fight you, you have to fight back. Amen. The devil will fight with disloyalty, you have to fight back. And show sure you are not disloyal. The devil will fight you with stupid ideas, you have to fight those ideas away. Joshua chapter 10. Let's start reading from verse 1. I'm reading, uh, I think that's I'm using the ISV, so it will be very easy. Amen. Amen. It says King Zedek of Jerusalem eventually heard how Joshua had conquered I. You see. A conquest every other victory, Joshua, and he did have to announce it. Are you getting me? Yes. The next king we hear that he had dealt with somebody. And that's the mm-hmm. time, truth will reveal itself, and then the publicity will grow bigger. So every time Joshua killed one king, he fought one nation. He didn't have to announce it. They announced it. The next king said, Oh, you didn't hear what Israel did to I. Mm-hmm. The king of I, when they heard of Israel, they said you didn't hear what Israel did to Jericho. So it was the past victory that we're announcing them. Are you getting it? Yes. So for every of our triumph will be announced. Amen. Are you getting it? Yes. Every of our triumph will be announced. Amen. Whether they like it, either they do it positively or negatively, but the truth is that they're seeing us. Are you understanding me? Yes. If they do it negatively, time will vindicate us. Yes. And we pray the prayer together and we God vindicate me, oh Lord. David prayed that prayer, Lord vindicate me. It takes time for vindication. Right? And it leaves time to vindicate. Sometimes it may be five years. Sometimes it may be ten years. Sometimes maybe may be twelve years. But in the fullness of time, everyone who has followed God will be vindicated. Says King, according to Zedek of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. eventually heard how Joshua had conquered I, utterly destroying it. Doing to I and his king the same thing that he had done to Jericho. Are you getting it? The same kind of victory. And his king. And how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were now living among them. That's Gibeon's story. I don't want to say it now, but it's a beautiful story, very beautiful story. But when the time comes, we'll talk about it. Amen. Amen. So they were terrified. Since Gibeon was a large city, comparable to one of the major cities, Was comparable to one of the royal cities, was larger than I, and all its men had been warriors. Are you seeing that? Yes. Now, Gibeon was a large city. All the men of Gibeon were warriors. But Gibeon had to go and make peace with Israel. Because of what they had heard Israel did to I, what Israel did to Jericho, ah, they said, no, they can't fight these people. Don't be warriors. we can't fight them. Let's go and make peace. Get you get getting you the so King Adonizelik of Jerusalem sent one to King Oran of Hebron, of Hebron King Biram of Jammoth, King Japhia of Lashish, and King Debi of Eglon. He
0: told them, Come over and help me and let's attack Gibeon,
1: because it has made a peace treaty with Joshua and the Israelites." You see that? Say, come, let us attack Gibeon. Because Gibeon has made a peace treaty with Joshua and the Israelis. Now, because Gibeon made up their minds to make peace with the children of Israel, these five kings say, let us attack Gibeon. Why are we over and make peace? That's what happens when, you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? When you choose to follow this anointing, when you choose to make peace with this anointing, and then other will come and start attacking you and say, why should you follow this anointing? Why should you love this man of God? I believe some of us might have gone through it in this church, but this is what this is what, what Gibeon went through. And then, the Bible says, so the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jambu, the king of Lashish, and the king of Egon gathered their armies together and advanced with all their enemies towards Gibeon. Comes there and lays siege to it. Hmm. The Gibeonites sent word to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants. Listen to me very well, there's something about loyalty, there's something about submission. The Gibeonites, they went about submission and loyalty out in the wrong way because they did it deceitfully. Let me just quickly tell you the story. When the Gibeonites had heard what Joshua had done to, what the children of Israel had done to I and to Jericho, they disguised themselves to be beggars. Are you getting me? So they they wore beggarly clothes. And they came to the Israelites and told the Israelites, we are coming from a far country. And we have come, we have heard of what you are doing. So we have come to make peace with you. Let us be your servants. And then the children of Israel made an agreement with them for peace. After they made an agreement with them, they discovered that these people were just their neighbors. Ash! And then the elders of Israel and the whole Israelites came and said, what did you do, Joshua? What did the people of Israel do to, to, to make peace with these people? At that time, Joshua had given his word, and the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about in Book of Proverbs, it says, "Who is it that shall send to the holy, holy hills of the Lord? Who is it that shall stand before a prince? And he says, "Many, many they have said, all of them is a man that sweareth to his own heart." So when you give your word, your word is your bond, and that is one thing with the leaders in the Old Testament. Their words with their gods. And then Joshua said, We and the, and, and the elders of Israel have already made a peace agreement with the Gibeonites. We cannot break it. There's nothing we can do. They have deceived us, but we cannot break it. And in that anger, Joshua said something. He said, Gibeon, you have deceived me. He said, But this is what you are going to do. You are going to stay in this land. We will not kill you, but you will be what? You will be he cutters of wood and fetchers of water. You have to cross them. Till this day, Gideonite, they are healers and cutters of wood and they are fetchers of water. They are slaves for life. They have to mortgage their freedom for their life. They chose to be slaves. Sometimes you may have to mortgage your freedom just to have your life. How many people don't understand that? My, my secondary school principal will say something. He say, man is born free, but everywhere it changes. There is no freedom. Real freedom is freedom with bondages. In other words, freedom with boundaries. That's why a lot of youths are fooling themselves. Because as you grow water in life, you discover that there's really no freedom. True freedom is putting boundaries around yourself. And so they choose to have their life at the expense of their freedom, and it works for them. Yes, they may be viewers of wood. Yes, they may be fetchers of water, but at least they have their life. Sometimes you may just have to be a who of wood, a cutter of wood, and a fetcher of water just to stay alive. It's better to stay alive, be the future of water, than to be dead, be the Lord of your own. And so, the same message of Joshua, he uh, said, Joshua, don't abandon us. We are your servants. Don't abandon your servants. Come quickly, save us and help us. Because all of the kings of the Amorites who live in the hill country have attacked us. Five kings came together to attack us give you. Because he submitted to Israel. Listen to me very well. When you submit to an anointing, when you say, I love this man of God, I believe in him, I want to serve the anointing of God upon his life. He may be a small boy, he may be an old man, but you say, I want to serve this anointing. Let me tell you the first thing that will happen to you kings will come against you. You should expect attacks. I, lay, I, te- I give people responsibility in church. The next thing I tell them is from my experience in, in ministry. The moment I give you the responsibility, the next thing you expect is attacks. When I give those two ladies responsibilities, I tell them expect attacks. And they did not able to avoid the responsibilities. I tell you the truth because if I don't tell you the truth and it happens, what will you say? So I tell you I expect attacks. And the moment I give you responsibility in, in church, I tell you expect, and the attacks always come. You won't be strong enough to withstand it. But if you are not strong to withstand it, all you need to do is to call upon the anointing that is over you to withstand it. Look at what the Hebrews did here. They are submitted to the Israelites, and when the five kings came against them, they did not have to start fighting. Some of the times we try to fight these battles, we don't need to fight them. What did they do? At Israel, Joshua, we submitted to you, and that's why they are attacking us. Come and save us. So when you come into a spiritual apostle, when you come into a church, and then you are suddenly submitting yourself to the anointing of God there, and people begin to fight you, kings begin to come against you. You don't need to fight the people back. Go to that anointing and tell the anointing, please fight for me. That's the it works. If you try to fight the people back, you die for nothing. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, along with his entire fighting force of mighty warriors with him. The Lord told Joshua, don't fear them. Don't what? Don't, yeah, don't what? Yeah, There's one thing I want you to hear tonight, and it's a very powerful one. Come to Joshua in Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. Also, he said, Be that strong and be of good courage. In verse 7, again, there about verse 8, he told him again, Be thou strong and be of good courage. Why did God keep reiterating the word, Be thou strong and be of good courage? Because he knew what was ahead of Joshua. Joshua was going to have a lot of fights to fight. And for you to win those battles, some you have to be strong. You have to be of good courage. Chicken hearts don't take it. Only the lion heart can take the lion's share. Only the brave heart can take the great results. So God started telling Joshua right from when he was appointed to take over Moses. God told him, as I was with my servant Moses, so I shall be with you. And there shall no man be able to stand before you. Only be now strong and be of good courage. Joshua didn't understand that God was telling be strong and of good courage. And you face some battles at the point in time you'll be afraid and wonder whether you can make it. But he said, Be strong and be of good courage, because the battles ahead of you, they are not yours to fight, they are the Lord's. I think it was in Joshua chapter 3 when they camped in the in, 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 in around Jericho. The Bible says, and that night, Joshua saw a man. inclusive. So when God calls himself the Lord of hosts, he says, I call Jesus himself yes. because Jesus is a captain of the host heaven so he saw Jesus Jesus appeared in the Old Testament in in, not in, in, in the fullness of you know of Jesus, he appeared at most of the time in the person of a man, and the Bible says, And a man, when you see the word a man, there, he's talking about Jesus. Joshua saw Jesus there, and he knew, Yes, I have won this battle. I don't know what the battle is that we are facing tonight, but I've got a word from you. The Lord of hosts is here with you. The host of angels and the host of armies he is here with you you got to see him tonight you have to recognize him tonight i don't know what your battles are but because you have the country here with you tonight you are sure to win your battles your battles cannot win you you will win your battles Can I your name? Amen. the lord told Joshua, don't fear them because i have handed them over to you not when they come in one way, they will flee in several ways. When they come in like a flood, the a spirit of the Lord will instigate against them. And all that march from Gilgah, to the night, the, the march from Gilgah, Joshua attacked them by surprise. Now, one of the what of the strategy of battle is the strategy of surprise. Right, we throw it the balance. Yes. The reason why most of us lose our battles is that we are too predictable. You must learn to take your enemy to your territory. Because in your territory you have victory, you have power. Listen to me very well. There is something called territorial, territorial power. If you look at animals, they, they live in territories. Look at lions. A lion has territory. So you see two male lions fighting for territory. They fight and fight, the one wins the other, and the one that wins gets the territory. If you make a bull, a bull mastic on the road, it's as good as a puppy, it's as good as nothing. A big grown bull mastic dog is as good as nothing on the road. But when you meet it in his house, sorry, it is in territory. it will bite the life out of you. So if surprises in your pocket, and no surprises. Say they attack them by surprise. Say, Justin says, The Lord threw the ammo right into a panic. So now enemies into a panic in the name of Jesus. Right in front of the army of Israel, which then slaughtered many of them at Gibeon. The Israeli army chased them along the road that goes up to Beth-Horon, striking them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. While they were fleeing in front of Israel and descending the slope of Beth-Horon, the Lord rained down huge hailstones on them as far as Azekah and they died. See, this is to be very well. Everybody who are see, I don't have enemies. So. Me, I love people. Those of you who have been you with know, me, I love people. But if you choose to be my enemy, as many of those that choose to be your enemy, the ones that your sword will not kill, the hailstone of Jehovah will kill them in the of Jesus. were killed by the Israelites in the battle. So God killed more people than the Israelites killed. Tonight, you have fought some battles. You have killed some enemies that have stood up against you. But I want to give you good news tonight. God will kill more enemies for you than you will kill name of Jesus. Later that day, Joshua spoke to the Lord while the Lord was delivering the Amorites to the Israelites. This is what he said in the presence of Israel. Saul, be still over Gibeon. Moon. Stand in place in the Ajaron Valley. So the sun remained still, and the moon stood in place until the nation settled their score with their enemies. Tonight I pray it. everything that has to stand until you settle your score with your enemy, they will stand in the name of Jesus. The sun stood still and the moon stood still. Why? Because God because Israelite had to finish their enemies. Out. And because of that singular event, one day was lost in time. One day was lost. Only one man caused a full day to be lost in time. That's the reason why you have a leap here because of Joshua. Did the nation settled their score with their enemies. This is recorded. Is it not? In the book of Joshua. The soul stood in place in the middle of the sky and seemed not to be in a hurry to set for nearly an entire day. The soul was not in a hurry to set. Anything that is in a hurry to move, it will stay we get what we want. There has never been a day like it before or since, when the Lord listened to the voice of a man because the Lord was fighting on behalf of Israel. After this, Joshua returned to the camp at Gilgal with the entire fighting force of Israel. Meanwhile, the five kings had fled and hidden themselves inside the cave at Makedah. Their, their armies were killed, but the five kings, they ran, they went to hide in the cave. Joshua was informed the five kings have been discovered hiding in the cave at Makeda. So Joshua gave an order. Roll large stones up against the mouth of the cave and assign men to stand guard there. <laughs> but don't stay there yourselves. Instead, pursue your enemies and attack them from behind. Don't allow them to enter their cities. Who we'll retreated into the fortified city. So they killed them and killed them. When they entered into their city where they were fortified, they destroyed them and they scattered their city. The entire army returned safely to Joshua's encampment at Mekadah. They returned what? Safely. Where we kill all our enemies, we will be safe. Yes. No one will speak as much as a single word against any of the Israelites. Then Joshua gave this honor. Unseal the mouth of the cave and bring out these five kings to me from the cave.
0: We believe you have been blessed by this teaching. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. Kindly share your testimonies with us at Ministry at gmail.com. Grace to you.